This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is your 88 Films Italian Collection series of reviews. We're looking at disc number 38, Watch Me When I Kill. I'm your host Duncan McLeish, welcome to the show. That's right, disc number 38 on this episode, which closes out a fucking great week of podcast content, if I do say so myself. We had a lot of fun, didn't we? We cranked out 1994, the halfway mark of the Summer Teapot's Top 10 series. We did a special bonus review of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark on Thursday. Uh, Yesterday, we put out the next instalment of the Choose Your Own Horror Podcast Review Adventure looking at Thinner. And uh, obviously, we put out the next four movie choices of where we can take that series beyond. And I look forward to seeing what you guys come back with. Obviously, today is the Italian Collection series of reviews, which means next week we have a ton of content coming up. A literal ton of content content kicking off tomorrow with 1995 that's episode number six of the summer teapots top 10 series we will then swing in to a little episode on thursday the 29th which is movie club with your reviews of satan slaves and then on saturday the 31st it is the sixth anniversary episode for the podcast Under the Stairs, which will contain a seance using a Ouija board recorded live on podcast. I'm not sure if anyone's ever done it before, but if they haven't, I will be the first. And if they have, why did they not send me an email to tell me it was a terrible idea? And then we will swing into our Sunday episode, which is this number 16 of the 88 Farms Slasher Collection, or Slasher Classic Collection. We're going to be looking at Scarecrows. And that's all i got to say about that. Right, I'm going to take a very short break just now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for Watch Me When I Kill. When we return, we're discussing disc number 38 of the 88 Farms Italian Collection series. All that and more coming right up right after this. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. (laughs) The truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. (laughs) That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I'm Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right, we have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon-exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? 
<laughs> we got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. suspense that awaits you when you see Watch me when I kill Watch me when I kill And welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for disc number 30 of the Italian collection by 88 Films. This is Watch Me When I Kill, directed by Antonio Bibdo. The kind of biog stuff on the 88 Films website reads as thusly. It says, Antonio Bibdo, the man who won understandable cult acclaim with his stylish stalker thriller Bloodstained Shadow from 1978, helmed one of the defining Jello shockers in 1977's nightmarish Watch Me When I Kill. For fans of the yellow, yellow peril, golden age, Italian black glove killer mayhem, it doesn't get any better than the suspenseful murder mystery which follows an animalistic knife-happy maniac as he cuts and drowns his victims to prohibit a historic secret emerging. Exactly why the bodies are piling up confuses the authorities, but the reasoning behind the sudden slash em up activity proves both jarring and jaggedly horrible. And look out for an appearance from legendary Italian genre veteran Paolo Malcio of the House by the Cemetery, New York Ripper, and a sizzling soundtrack from the art pod rockers Trans-European Express. Even seasoned Jallo buffs are sure to embrace the many thrills and chills of Watch Me When I Kill, remastered in 4K by the Euro-gore-embracing enthusiasts at 88 Films. The special features on this disc, the newly 
transferred 4K restoration from the original negative, an uncompressed English LPCM mono, uncompressed Italian LPCM mono with newly translated English subtitles, Danza Macabra and Mendelssohn in Judician Museum Berlin, two short films shot by director Antonio Birdo, interview with academic Mikhail Coven, um, and a restoration comparison. The technical specs on the disc is region lock to region B, the audio is dual mono LPCM 2.0, the picture is 1080p HD 1851, the runtime is about an hour and a half, and the languages are both English and Italian with English subtitles. So this is a movie I am familiar with. I've seen this one a couple of times before actually, but I've never seen it in its blurry form and I've never seen it actually look this good. Um, I suppose we should probably acknowledge that 88 Films, once again, did a really good job with the restoration. It's not brilliant compared to other 4Ks, but what I do appreciate about it is that they have, from what I would guess, is deliberately left in a bit of that grain to give it a bit of oomph to make it look a bit more like of the time, but very, very clean. The colours are bright and they pop, but like I say, you need a bit of that grain for a movie such as this. It needs and needs that little something which is going to give it its gnarliness. If you take too much of that away, I think you detrimentally impact the movie itself. I mean, I've seen this movie, the first time I saw it was a rip um, online. I've seen it on YouTube as well. And most recently on DVD when we did the Summer Teapot's Top 10 series looking at the 70s, Watch Me When I Kill was in consideration for that as well. So I checked that one out back then. So it's a, mo a movie, like I say, that I'm familiar with quite a bit. Um, interestingly enough, not as sleazy as I remember it being. I remember this one being a lot sleazier than it actually is. Uh, what I love about Watch Me When I Kill is that I think first and foremost, its mystery is actually really good when you compare it with other Jallo of the time. The Jally subgenre tends to have an issue when it comes to the murder mysteries. The longer the series went on, um, the more preposterous the murder mystery became, the more outlandish the the kills were, and then to the extreme, the more the more preposterous it became to try and work out who the killer actually was, and the reveal seldom made sense. In fact, most of the time you would have a tagged on scene at the end where the police and maybe the, the survivor would sit down and recap everything that happened in the film just so you, the audience, knew how ridiculous things were. So you weren't leaving the cinema going, huh? Because that was a possibility. Um, there are a few Jallos that I deeply, deeply, deeply love that by the time they finish, if I think about it too much, my brain starts to hurt because it makes zero fucking sense. Absolutely no sense at all. Um, in the case of this one, Watch Me When I Kill has a really cohesive mystery that actually does feel satisfying and does feel kind of tied up in a nice neat bow at the end. I mean, the end in itself, the very, very end of the movie, is a bit of a cop-out. You get that occasionally in movies like this where they're like, how do we finish it? Uh, kill, kill each other. Yeah, maybe. Fine. Death by suicide, and yeah, that's cool. That'll work, and no one will ask any questions. Case closed. That's right, book em, Bill. Um, you know, that, there's a bit of that in here where the ending is kind of tied up very nice and neat, so much so that they don't want you asking questions. But Watch Me When I Kill, for the most part, is surprisingly tame compared to other 
movies of its time period. If you imagine 77 by this point we've had Deep Red and Deep Red's kind of reset the barometer of what is, you know, a giallo thriller and what is a giallo horror. Um, this movie is more on the thriller side. It's not necessarily an out-and-out horror movie. It kind of plays back to the core roots of something like Bird with a Crystal Plumage than it does necessarily with something along the lines of Deep Red or Tenebrae or Torso, for example. So it's a bit tame in those respects, but the kills themselves are actually pretty vicious. Um, there is a, a kind of oven death sequence in here which evokes... Um, what was the name of that movie now? Is it uh, Absurd? There's a bit of that in here, uh, which felt a bit like what? Um, and then there's a couple of kind of gnarlier, kind of slashy, slashy kills, which I think are done really, really well. The acting's surprisingly good as well, <laughs> which I know my voice kind of goes high pitched there, but at this time period, once again, we're, you're just not looking for that, so when it happens, it's slightly surprising. Um, that I thought that was quite interesting. And then you have this really cool soundtrack coming in from a Trans Europe Express. And it works. It surprisingly works. At this time period, once again, Goblin's already started doing Deep Red. So it's like, we need to get prog rockers in to score our movies now. Because that's what the Italians did. If something sold well, rather than trying to work out why it sold well, what they would do is they would tick all the bases. So... Oh, the kills have to be vicious, because the kills in that movie were vicious, but they also had a prog band scoring them, so let's have that in there. Uh, and can we also have a flashback scene that does this, and can we have this, this, and this? So it becomes a template. It's why they copied so many um, Hollywood movies, um, and had so many amazing rip-offs, but there's a slightly off-kilter approach to how they rip off something, which I deeply, deeply love. So... What was interesting is when you look at something like Bloodstained Shadow, which comes the following week, which was an early movie we discussed way, 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 way back. I think it's within the first five of the Italian collection. Bibdo changes tack quite a bit when he comes to direct that movie, and that one is more a tradi- like very traditional giallo, very soft palette. Still kind of vicious, but you know, it's more in line with something like Don't Torture a Duckling than it would be with something like Four Flies in Grey Velvet. So you, you get that feeling that he, he does this one, he gets a bit of notoriety off this one, goes in and does something a bit softer, which I, you know, I deeply, deeply love as well. Very, it's like hyper-stylized Bloodstained Shadow. This one has a bit of a raw feel about it, which I think works really, really well. Like I say, the restoration is awesome. I, I, I really like it. I think there's a good amount of grain in there which is worth checking out. Um, the two shorts on here, the Danza Macabra and Mendelssohn and Judician Museum, Berlin, um, both of them are interesting little art house pieces, but neither one are great. If I'm honest, I, I, I find the you know, the he has this one single idea and kind of drives it into the ground. So I was I wasn't overly impressed with them. I did, however, love the interview with Michael Coven, who I don't often... I mean, I've got his book um, on Jallos, which I think is one of the most definitive books ever written on the subgenre. It's obviously very knowledgeable. But he talks about this one with a, a degree of reverence that his academic peers do not. And that was quite interesting, because I remember reading in his book, you know, a bit 
of of what he likes and what he dislikes specifically about the subgenre that had you asked me ahead of time would watch me when I kill be one that he would speak of fondly I would have probably said no but he surprised me by kind of cutting through a lot of that and saying you know it works here in this aspect and it does this right in this aspect and um, you know what he appreciated about it interestingly enough is a lot of what I appreciated about the movie which is at its kind of core it's a really good murder mystery and I enjoy those sort of things those are the the kind of bedrock of my youth I watched a ton of Agatha Christie loved a love I had a lot of love for fictional um, crime novels and stuff like that so it's why I probably love the genre as much as I do and why I overlook so many of the glaring flaws is that first and foremost I'm I'm a lover of that kind of style of story so uh, Watch Me When I Kill does that really 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 well um, overall I mean it's a great watch the the Blu-ray is definitely worth picking up even if so some of the special features are not amazing um, the print itself is brilliant uh, it's never looked better it's never sounded better and if you're in the UK you've got our UK player uh, then you should you know, take a punt, get Watch Me When I Kill, add it to your collection, add it to your rotation. It's definitely worth checking out. Would I say it is essential Giallo? Probably not, because it does a few things slightly different to the rest of the genre, but would I say that it will broaden your horizons when thinking about the genre? It's an absolute hell yes. Definitely will. You'll get a lot out of this one and um, hopefully you return to it time and time again. Uh, in terms of grades for Watch Me When I Kill, it's a 4. It's a 4 out of 5 for this one. Really, really enjoyed this one. Loves coming back to it. Can't wait to check it out again. Um, I'm moving house soon and as part of that move I'm getting a new TV for my what will be cinema room and yeah, I'm looking forward to plugging you know, a, a, a nice big TV into my 4K player switching that 4k player on and checking this out on a bigger screen as well i think that's the way you i mean i would love to have grown up in the 70s in italy and just had a wealth of these movies playing at cinemas all around and any given day you could stumble into any cinema and sit down and watch a giallo and that to me is something we've kind of lost uh, and something that's kind of bitching about that time period. So yeah, like I say, a 4 out of 5 for Watch Me When I Kill. I'm going to take my final break of this episode. When I come back, I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. you've been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been your 88 films italian collection series of reviews looking at disc number 38 watch me when i kill in three weeks time we will tackle disc number 39 and i have been looking forward to this ladies and gents for oh so very long you ain't going to find a person happier than this guy here to say that disc number 39 is lucio filci's a cat in the brain Oh, it's time, it's time, it's time, I can't wait. Um, according to the 88 Films website, it says, The master of Italian horror, Lucio Fulci, stars as Lucio Fulci, a filmmaker with a reputation for gruesome horror films. His body of work has started to plague his mental state, and he's haunted by the grotesque set pieces his mind has conjured up during his career. His psychiatrist, Egon Schwartz, played by David L. Thompson, uses a hypnotised Fulci as an avatar to carry out his own disturbed fantasies in hopes of ruining the master's reputation once 
and for all. The most personal film in his career, uh, A Cat in the Brain, is essential viewing for any self-respecting fan of Lucio Fulci. This nightmarish satire on Italian horror cinema is a fascinating insight into one of horror cinema's most endearing figures. Rediscover this neglected gem today thanks to the stunning HD presentation from 88 films. The special features, where to begin on this one? Um, tons of shit. This has got an HD transfer from the original 16mm negative, an uncompressed English soundtrack, uncompressed, uncompressed Italian soundtrack with English subtitles, brain food, analysing late day Fulci, 45 minute brand new documentary on the misfires and masterpieces of Lucio Fulci's late period career featuring Cat in the Brain screenwriter Antonio Tentori, legendary film critic Kim Newman, Dark Side magazine editor Alan Bryce and more. You also have Fabio Frizzi live in Hollywood from the 2nd of October 2015 and the trailer. The technical specs is region locked to region B because I think Grindhouse, well on it, I don't know why I'm saying I think Grindhouse put the the Blu-ray restoration out in the States and I'll probably do a comparison between the two uh, when we do a review. So this is region locked B, audio is LPCM 2.0, picture is 1080p HD 166.1, the runtime is about an hour and a half, the language is English and Italian and subtitles are English and that is what you have to look forward to ladies and gents. Um, next Sunday though, remember we alternate these up, you will have 88 Films Slasher time we're going to be doing the slasher classics when we look at Scarecrow which is disc number 16. There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs as always as you come across and check us out on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the feed that way you get the shows as and when they drop and leave us a rating and a review. It's the best way to support us on that platform. You can also check us out on Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn and Spotify. Visit our website by going to tputzcast.com and while you're at it, why not shell out and buy some merch? Posters and pins can be purchased from the podcast under the stairs. They can indeed. That money comes back and helps us. You go to tputzcast.bigcartel.com Whew, There we go, there we go. Let's do some social media. You can check us out on Facebook. You can go to the Facebook group page and interact with other listeners by going to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast. If you're not interested in any of that shit, all you want to know is when the shows are dropping. Occasionally check out a live stream or a Thursday Thursday is facebook.com forward slash tputzcast. You can interact with myself and the Baz and the Twin Prongs of social media sexiness, Instagram and Twitter. Both can be followed at tputzcast. And please come across and check us out on the Flick Chat app. We've got over 70 followers on that page now. It's kind of fucking amazing. You can download the app by going to either iOS or Android. Type in Flick Chat. Um, create yourself a little profile. Hit the plus button and type in the podcast under the stairs all lowercase, all one word, and become part of that group. It's message board style. Um, there is a Q code, QR code, which is in the show notes on the website, tputzcast.com, which if you scan that, it will take you directly to our page as well. But there's also links on all the social medias of where to check that out. It's social media for podcasting is the best way to interact with us now. And the conversations that we have on these shows continue over there as soon as these shows air. And also check out the podcast through that app so you can interact whilst listening to the show. It's almost as if 
they want you to all jump over there and I want you to jump over there too. Right, the podcast under the stairs will return to you tomorrow when we look at 1995, which is episode number 6 of the Summer Teapots Top 10 90s edition series. Oh, it's getting hot, it's getting sexy. But until then, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is, and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs, and I am signing off. <laughs> <laughs>